you're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. Welcome to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and today I'm delighted to have with me Bobby Kaler. Bobby has been an entrepreneur for more than 20 years and has coached upwards of 3,000 people and has delivered presentations for tens of thousands of people. She helps people to see new possibilities for themselves and for their lives. Her undergrad degree was in human performance improvement, and her graduate degree was based on the science of human flourishing. She has appeared in articles for Forbes, The Today Show, Yahoo News, Thrive Global, Authority Magazine, and Influensive. She's the author of Travels of the Heart, Developing Your Inner Leader. She was a contributing author to the Amazon New York Times bestselling book, Masters of Success, and she is also the host of her own podcast, Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. So welcome to the podcast, Bobby. Thanks, Wade. I'm delighted to be here. So there's one question I always like to get started with so that everybody knows who's talking to them, and that is, tell your story. All right. So I was thinking about that question in advance, and I think my story as, as, as it relates to this part of my journey, really started on a very cold, dark New Year's Eve, um, 30 plus years ago. I was, uh, I was in my early 20s, 23, and I was working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, not doing a very good job at that. I was just barely keeping my head above water, eating a lot of tuna fish and macaroni salad <laughs> back in the day, you know, because it was cheap. And, and I remember I came home, I worked my two jobs. I came home, I was sitting in my apartment and, and I was thinking, how in, how in the world did my life end up this way? You know, I, I was a good student in high school. My parents didn't believe in college, so I didn't go to college, although I wanted to. And I just remember thinking, how did my life end up this way? And what occurred to me is, well, it didn't occur to me. The answer that came back to me from the universe, I'd say, is that your life is a reflection of the choices that you've made so far. Mm-hmm. And and my 23-year-old self was like, well, that kind of sucks because that's not the answer I wanted. Like, I really think I wanted somebody to be able to point to or, or you know, something that was causing this, this trouble, this, this lack of progress. But as I as I thought about it for a few minutes, I'm like, wait a minute, that's incredibly hopeful. Because if it's if it's true that my life is a reflection of the choices I've made so far, then what that means is that when I learn how to make better choices, more intentional choices. I can get better results. And from that moment on, Wade, I mean, that's when I, within, I mean, that, that's when I said, I'm taking responsibility, right? No one's going to come and say, hey, let me put you through college. So I'm taking responsibility. Within, I would say, 18 months, I had relocated to another part of the country where I had better opportunities. I'd gotten a, a, a much better job, more than doubled my income so I could pay my way through college, started school, um, put myself all the way through, including my master's degree. And I, and I just started studying everything around self-leadership. We didn't call it emotional intelligence back then. That was in the early days. It was so long ago. But studying stuff like that, stuff like leadership, relationships, because I just wanted, I wanted to get better results for myself. And I completely fell in love with that whole process along the way. So that's, I think, where, where it kind of all started for me. Excellent. So what did you do with that? So that's kind of what kicked it off. But where did you take that next? Oh, so here's the thing, no matter what job I've ever had, and b- b- before I, you know, 
went to college and everything, I had a lot of different jobs. I mean, I was a manager. I was one of the youngest store managers at McDonald's way back in the day. I was one of the first female store managers. I went on to do training and development at other uh, law firms. But no matter what I've done, there's always been that element of helping other people really tap into their potential. Because I think that there is a massive difference between our present performance and our potential. And so no matter what I've done, there's always been that element. Then in 2000, I decided I was at a law firm in Chicago. It was a medium-sized law firm. So we had, I don't know, three to 400 people on staff. I was doing all the training and development. Loved it. Loved my coworkers. But I'm like, I think there's something more. I think I can do more than this. And so I went out on my own and I started my own training, writing, and speaking business. And it was in, in that area. And so since then, that's when I started doing coaching. And, you know, I got my graduate degree in that and everything. So so that's kind of where I took it. And that's, I'm, I'm still doing it. I don't, I've actually kind of shifted a little bit because I've coached so many people so far. And I love it. I have to say, I love coaching. But I'm kind of shifting to creating more content, creating more courses. Because when I help someone, it's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to be able to help more people than just one-on-one. So that's kind of my focus now is how do I take what I've learned and how do I create content and courses that can help more people? So yeah. it's evolved. <laughs> yeah. Similar, similar uh, journey, you know, that, it, really? that I'm going through. So very interesting. Yeah. Um, so what is the difference between that you often see between present performance and potential? Oh, man. I think we very often in coaching people, I see this all the time. Let's say someone is in sales or someone, yeah, let's just take sales. That's a, that's an easy example. Someone's in sales and they're new. Let's say they're new to the game. They compare themselves against someone who's been in the game for, let's say, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they think, well, look at the success they're having and I'm not having that success. So therefore, I'm not good at sales. And And the reality is you can absolutely be good at sales. It's just they have 5, 10, 15, 20 years more experience than you do. And if they've been learning along the way, they're naturally going to be farther on that path than what you are. So so we we, we have a tendency to judge ourselves based on where we want to be, but, but we're not really seeing accurately our starting place. And our potential is very, very different. Um, very quick story. I learned that when I was in, in high school. I grew up with speech problems, like catastrophic speech problems. A speech pathologist told my parents, he's like, she's never going to talk correctly. And mm-hmm. and I did. he wasn't incorrect. I had really bad speech problems. I just worked really hard to overcome them. But I was so fortunate. I took a, a freshman in high school. I was terrified to speak in public. So I had decided I'm going to take pub- a public speaking class. My teacher, Mr. Jordan, was also the speech and debate debate coach for the high school. So my first speech came along. It was terrible. It was an absolute train wreck. I don't I don't think it was even like you couldn't even understand what I was saying. And after class, Mr. Jordan said, Hey Bobby, would you stay around for a minute? And I'm like, oh my God, I did so poorly. He's gonna he's gonna ask me not to come back to the class. <laughs> but instead he said, Have you ever considered joining the speech and debate team? And I just looked at him. I'm like, Mr. Jordan, were you in the room for my presentation? <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. And he just kind of smiled. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't very good. But he said, you have potential. And he said, I think with, with my coaching and with your work ethic and your potential, he said, you can be really good at this. And so I think that's where that, that spark for me comes from. Like, I don't want people to think, oh, just because I'm not good right now, that means I'll never be good. No, it just means you have work to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it means. So, so how does one begin to do that work? What does that look like? Uh, 
it can take a lot of forms, right? It can take a lot of forms. But I think the most important thing is to is to get started, to put something into action. Because to me, action equals learning. I don't care how small the step is. So when I was coaching people, I always talked about learn your way forward. And it's um it's a little model. It's very, very simple because I like things that are simple because you know, I want it to be practical. And so it's triple A. So the first A is act. Take some action. And and if you don't know what action to take, research is your first action. Talking to other people is your first action, right? But when you're trying to learn something, take an action, put it into play, right? Then the second step is to assess. How did it go? Did I get the result I wanted? Did I not get the result? And it doesn't matter what the answer is. If you got the result you wanted, fantastic. Why? What could you learn from it? If you didn't get the result you wanted, fantastic. Why? What can you learn from it, right? And then the third one is to simply adapt, right? Okay, so based on what I learned, you know, when I took the action and and I've looked at how how did it go, how do I need to adapt? What do I need to do in the future? And it might be do more of that. It might be never do that again. It might be some modification of it because that's that's the process by which we learn. Yeah, excellent. So one of the things you kind of talked about and your uh, when you're talking about yourself was making more intentional choices. Yes. Say more about that. Oh, sometimes I think we go along on autopilot. Yeah. You know, and like like for me, way way back in the day on that New Year's Eve, where where I grew up, it was I grew up on a farm in Southwest Missouri, and my hometown had around nine thousand people in it, and the best job in town was at the Tyson fact, uh, poultry factory, debeaking baby turkeys. Believe it or not, people fought over those jobs. Mm-hmm. And so most of the people that I was around, they it was like, this, this is the path that you're going to be on. You know, there is no other path. And so for me, it was like, well, wait a minute. If, how do I get exposed to new things? Because I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of drifting along here. I'm not, I'm not really thinking about what do I want? Or how do I even expand what might be possible? That was a big thing for me. How do I expand what might be possible? Because if we're not in tune with that kind of stuff, then again, we're just kind of drifting. And and I think that the other thing that happens there is we often get into our default mode. You know, as humans, we're kind of wired. You know, we, we get in the same thought patterns, same belief patterns, and, and we just go along with it. Yeah. it. Until something interrupts us and says, hmm, maybe there's a different way. Yeah, you know, I, what I really like there is the idea of <clears throat> expanding what might be possible. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we do kind of, we, we think in terms of what can I do with my current possibility set. We never look at expanding it, it seems. How does That's somebody right. begin that process and get started on kind of expanding what's possible? There's so many ways. You can talk to, one of the things I love to do, and, and I tell the people this all the time, well, not all the time, but when they ask me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't walk up to random people on the street and say this, but one of the things that a person can do, and it's so exciting, is like notice the people around you, whether that's on social media, but I think especially in person, who are those people that really seem lit up by what they do? People who are excited, people who are energized, talk to them, 
Most people are willing to give you 15 minutes at least, right? Ask them what they do. How did they get started? Who are other people around them that, you know, maybe you should meet? But, so you know, really put yourself around those people and start talking to them. So occasionally I'll have people reach out to me and they're like, hey, I really want to get started in coaching or I want to get started in speaking. I love talking to those people, right? Because it's a form of giving back. So I think by, but by talking to other people outside of your regular network. That's the thing. We have to step outside our, our, our regular, you know, our closest network, because in our closest network, we're kind of reinforcing um, what we've always known. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to get new ideas, we have to get outside of that. And it's often, you know, one to two steps outside of our normal network where we can make those kind of breakthroughs. Yeah. You know, I you normally see it with people that are working for companies, for leaders and such, because they're, mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't network outside of the organization. That's right. That's right. It's hard to bring in new ideas that way. Yeah. Either for the organization or for themselves. That's right. Yeah, they kind That's of look right. at that, that career path or that, you know, action path that they can take within that company context. Mm-hmm. They don't really expose themselves after that. So that's no. And it's kind of narrowing, right? Yeah. When you do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one way that people get stuck, I think. Oh huge that's a huge way that people get stuck is it we kind of cut ourselves off to new to new options new possibilities part of that what goes along with that too and this kind of depends on the person is sometimes it's um what do they say it's damon john said this once on shark tank it's what you think you know that keeps you stuck Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's like well i already know that well maybe things have changed maybe things have evolved maybe there's a new way of looking at it yeah one of the most dangerous things is uh, being stuck with the what you think you know yeah. <laughs> see that so that many times. Yeah, yeah. And yet I always look back and I think, God, there's so much I didn't know five, 10, 15 years ago or five yeah. weeks ago for that matter. Yeah. So, so what are some of the other ways that you see that people really get stuck here? Oh, similar to that is our beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Our automatic patterns of thinking. That that's a big way that we get stuck. Another thing that I see, and I've seen this so many times, is let's say we want to get started with something new, but we we think we have to have the whole plan, mm. the whole master plan, the whole design before we can get started. And, and to that, I say, not only you know, do you not need that whole master plan, if you've got it, fantastic, right? Yeah. But you don't need the master plan to get started. And more than that, how can you, if you're starting something new, how how could you know all of it? Because you yeah. have to get into it. You, you, you have to see what's going to happen. How is it going to unfold? And then how am I going to adjust along the way? Yeah, a big part of learning is the process, right? That's right. And yeah. no one wants that to be true. Because <laughs> no. we want the answer. <laughs> but it is true. Well, there's a lot of fear in jumping off and going into something new when you don't have the master plan, right? Oh, yes. There is. There so is. How, yeah, go ahead. How do people get past that? The, the fear part of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. A couple things. Number one, just know that it's so human to have that fear. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you, nothing unique about you that you have that fear. Everyone else who, who has done what you're about to do has experienced that fear. Every single one. Um, and for, for me, like, I, 
I always tell myself, if I'm feeling a little bit fearful, that's a sign that I'm about to do something exciting because fear and excitement, it's on the same continuum. And so then it's like, don't overthink it, just go like, okay, so I love cross country skiing. So I have, I have to work that in here because like, I live in Colorado, I've, I'm at 25 days of cross country skiing already. Um, so this weekend I was out and it's called Reed's Run and it's, it's a black diamond on cross country skiing. Yeah. And it is, it's scary, man. I remember the first time I saw that, I saw it three years ago and I thought, oh God, that's so scary. I don't think I could ever go down that thing because it's really scary. So this past weekend, I'm out skiing. I'm like, why not? So I get to the top of it and I look over the edge and I'm like, what in God's name was it? <laughs> <laughs> My husband was with me and he's like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, I'm doing it and we're going because waiting gives the devil time and I need to go. I just need to see, you know, so I went down it. I almost fell because I, I, I came up too early and I knew, I knew right then, wait, I'm like, if I don't ski right back up that thing and come down again, <laughs> the fear is going to grow in my mind. So I skied back up, it came down, completely handled it well, but that's just part of it, right? It's the fear is a normal part of it. And just find, find some way to take the smallest action that you can and just do it. Yeah. So it's, it's almost that, uh, you, you don't have to go all the way off the ledge, but you got to take that first step. You had to take the first step. And notice, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't ski that one the first time I saw it because I knew I wasn't quite right. ready for it. I've been working up for it, but I've been, I've been doing other hills that were scary, other mountains that were scary along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, and so that's an interesting concept too, is the idea of working up to it. Mm -hmm. How does that translate into the entrepreneurial or the uh, corporate leadership space? I think it's really recognizing that it's it's just part of the process, right? Because it's if you think about it, what are the, the the different zones? You know, you've got your comfort zone, and how much do we learn in our comfort zone? Like very very little. Then you've got the fear zone, but if you have the courage to move through the fear zone, you get to the you get to the learning zone, and then eventually you get to the growth zone. So it, it's part of what we have to face in order to do it. Um, and I've had people like I've worked with sales managers, let's say, and they're learning how to coach their teams. And they're like, oh, but it's a difficult conversation I have to have. I'm afraid to have that conversation with so-and-so. And it's like, okay, so what's, how can you break that down, right? And, and, and like, how, how can you take the tiniest step you could take? Or how can you just say, okay, the fear is part of it. How, how can I just take that and say, it, it's part of the experience. How can I still have this conversation? And what will I feel like? How, how much better will I feel after having the conversation than I do right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good analogy there. Mm -hmm. so, so how have you seen that? So besides across country, how have you seen that in, um, in the business world? As far as the fear? Yeah. How's that played out either for you or for people you've worked with? Oh man. Uh, for me, you mentioned one of the books I was in the, 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 the best-selling one masters of success. Yeah. I was in an entrepreneurial conference in 2003 or two sometime. It was a long time ago. And they announced a call for submissions for that book because it was, you know, and I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. I could tell this story about, you know, my speech problems, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't write it. Hmm. And I thought, well, you know, because come on, I was kind of afraid. Do they really want my story? What if they say no? I mean, all of those things we tell ourselves, but it's all fear based, right? Right. So months later, I get this thing that says call for submissions is ending, you know, on Friday. I think this was like a Tuesday or something. And I thought, well, it would really suck to write that story and then have them say no. But then I, and then I heard this voice like inside my head that said, yeah, but they can't say yes unless you submit the story. 
So I sat down, I wrote the story, I sent it in 15 minutes after I sent it in, I got the, an email back and I thought, oh God, it was so bad. (laughs) They rejected it that fast. But 15 (laughs) minutes later, they said, we love it. We love your story. We want to have you in the book. And that's how it came about. So, but because it really, I mean, fear, fear is just, it's kind of an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's not real. No one's going to, what is the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Right. If if we make that sales presentation, if we make that sales call, whatever it might be. Oh my God, that's so funny. I just had this flash. Wade, I was coaching. He was he was he was a young salesman, and uh, he was he was learning how to make outbound calls. And you know, anyone who's done outbound calls, that's tough. That's a tough job. And he was so nervous. He was so nervous about it. But he got the courage to do it. Picked up the phone. And he made his call. And you know, and he was sweating the whole bit. And so whoever he answered, they said, "Sure, I'll talk to you for a few minutes. I got a few minutes of time." He was so surprised. He dropped the phone, like literally he dropped the phone, but it's like, you know what? You did it. Yeah. You made it past the fear. And every phone call after that got easier for him because you just have to, you have to go through it. Yeah. That's so does a, that help? Yeah. That's an excellent story. <laughs> Love that. It was yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah. That could be a hard thing for sure. Oh man. It's very hard. You know, making that big presentation that you're afraid to make. Public speaking, there's one. I can't even tell you how many people I've coached over the years who are afraid to speak in public. What is it? The number one fear that people have. It's normal. It's such a normal thing. But that doesn't mean that your first speech has to be to an auditorium of thousands. That's right. How how about to a boardroom of five? Yeah. Or, you know, get up in front of your friends and do a little presentation on your vacation or something. I mean, there's a way to, to work through it. Yeah, but but it just has to be worked through. Yeah, it's part of the building up, right? It's part of the building up. Yeah. It's part of the building up. So, yeah, and I'm sure your Black Diamond cross-country experience was not your first cross-country experience. Nope, and not my first time on a Black Diamond either. Yeah. That was just the scariest one. Now I feel like, but here's the cool thing. Now I feel like, yeah, what hill can't I do? You (laughs) know what I mean? Because every time you conquer a new one, it opens up a new world. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that really kind of closes that gap between, um, personal performance and uh, potential. So, yes, you know, for, that's a great point. So for the audience, what else, what, what, what are the big, maybe a top three things they can do if they're in a place now they're like, you know, I just don't really feel like I'm hitting my potential. You had to pick like the first three things they should do. What would you do? All right. First of all, I would say, why do you feel that? Mm-hmm. You know, really, because to me, that's an inkling. That's an inkling that there's something more that you have a desire to do. So that'd be number one. I, I would say to do a little bit of reflection on why do I feel that way? What's that inkling inside? Because often that's that's what that's a signal for. Um, another thing would be, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, find some action. If you have an inkling that um, I, I want to become a better coach or I want to become a better whatever, take some action that's going to move you in that direction just to get you started. Um, And then the third thing is, oh man, it's kind of a tie in my head right now. The third thing (laughs) would be to seek out feedback from those people, a couple different types of people, those people that are really close to you that you trust very much. And also those people, maybe one layer outside of that, 
who are probably more apt to give you real and honest feedback, you know, because the people who are closest to us, a lot of times they don't want to hurt our feelings. But when we step one layer outside of that, that's when people are more apt to say, hey, this is what I've noticed, right? So yeah, that was hard because I had to tie for that third one. But those would be (laughs) those would be my three. I'll go with those. Excellent. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it's about pushing out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Last one, right? Yeah. Really with any of them. With any of them. That's kind of embedded in there because you can't, to your point earlier, you can't reach a new level staying inside your comfort zone. That's right. We often have to go through, we have to face a fear to do that. You know, I, God, I've been, I've been cross-country skiing now since 2010. The first eight years, I I skied the same green run over Mm -hmm. and over. Mm -hmm. How much do you think I got better? Not at all. I got really good at that one. <laughs> but nothing else. And then I decided this is silly. Let's go tackle some new things. And now my skiing is like it, it's night and day, the difference. Yeah. It, it, but it's because of confronting that push. I hate to say pushing through it, but in, acknowledging that the fear is there and it's not unusual. It's just part of it. Yeah. Yep. Accepting and becoming one with the fear, even. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then, and then choosing like, okay, but what's the excitement behind it? Yeah. You know, making it down the hill, giving a good presentation, making the sales call, feeling good about myself. Cause again, fear and excitement, it's the same continuum. So yeah. how do we shift our intention our, or our, our, you know, our focus to the excitement piece of it? Yeah. You know, epic things never happen inside your comfort zone. No, never do. Yeah. Never do. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, I have one more question before I let you get out of here. Okay. And that is, uh, how do people find you? Okay. Well, that's an easy one. (laughs) (laughs) Easiest place with two things. I'd say my website, which is just bobbykaler.com. Do you want me to spell that way or will you just put it in the show notes? We'll we'll throw it up in the show notes. Okay, perfect. Um, There you can find, I've got there, my podcast is there. Um, my, my newsletter's there. You, there's ways to contact me, figure out, you know, hear what I'm doing. I'm really trying, I'm in the process of redesigning it. I'm really setting it up to be a great resource for people. So if they're, you know, if they're looking for specific things, that's where that will be. And then also I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I publish two to three times a week. That's probably going to be going to three to five times a week. And um, people can follow me there or get in touch with, with me there as well. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Absolutely. I, 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 this was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Yep. And I, I think there's a, a lot of really good takeaways that people can, you know, really take to start closing that gap between um, their performance and their potential. Yeah, good. That's my hope. Excellent. And and thank you for listening to the Aim to Win podcast. As always, follow us, like us, subscribe, all that good stuff, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. <music>